Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, I do want to get around, first of all, to COVID-19. Jeepers, we just can't get away from it, can you? But I have to say, we have made a conscious effort, and I hope you've noticed, by the way, but we've made a conscious effort over the last uh, month or so not to talk about COVID-19. And this week, for example, we haven't talked about it up until today. Uh, I think last week we talked about it once, which was the Limerick um, parties. And so it's only if really if something big is in the news that we'll bring it up. So, But I think it is time. You know, we're now literally a year. A year. We all thought it would be two weeks. Do you remember that? Two weeks of lockdown. We're now a year. A year uh, to the week. So I think it's important that we talk about, you know, the public's exhaustion when it comes to this. Ireland are officially in lockdown for the longest in the world, next to Cuba and Eritrea. That's not something, by the way, we should be proud of. It's always good to be proud when your economy is doing well and you're the best in Europe at this or the best in the world at that. It's not something to be proud of that we have the longest, the longest amount of time of locking our citizens up, essentially, or restricting the citizens' freedom and movement. And the return of non-contact sports training for children, along with golf and tennis uh, for all ages, are under consideration as part of the government plan to ease COVID-19 restrictions next month. Now, you can be bloody sure there's not going to be very much in that. Uh, senior government officials are considering a range of outdoor activities which may be allowed if transmission of the virus falls significantly before April the 5th. The government's plan for managing the virus, uh, the path ahead, com- they always like to give it an L title, don't they? The path ahead. What was the last one called? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, commits to cautiously beginning to ease restrictions uh, next month. Ministers will consider easing restrictions on outdoor activities while allowing more people to meet outside. And the plan commits to, uh, to the staggered start of easing of other areas of activity with a focus on outdoor activities, including sport and some areas of construction. Some areas of construction. There is also a commitment to consider easing the five kilometre travel ban. What, 10 kilometres? Within your county? That's still not going to get you. Because remember, of course, we're coming into the summer months here. People are getting very frustrated. You know, this frustration will turn to anger when people can't get away for a little bit of a break during the summer if they've worked hard all year. Uh, Restrictions will only be lifted if they are in line with the National Public Health Emergency Team advice. In other words, unless Neffet say so, it doesn't happen. And the key indicators being considered by Neffet are the transmission of the virus, the number of patients in intensive care units, uh, the impact of the national vaccination programme and the presence of the new uh, COVID uh, coronavirus variants. With the exception of the variants, basically we're at the hands of the government. If the HSE and the government don't get their act together, then basically we're the ones that will suffer. This will go on longer. The Cabinet Committee on the COVID-19 is is not expected to make a formal decision on restrictions until next week, starting March 29th. And yesterday, Tanis to Leo Varadka said non-essential retail hairdressers won't open until at least the end of April or May. And the Tanis has said shops and hairdressers will likely open before hospitality and recommencing sports is under consideration as part of opening next month. Um... Minister Martin and uh, Leo Varadka also left uh, representatives of the hospitality sector incensed after meeting with the industry on Wednesday. And lobby groups for restaurants, bars, hotels were left furious after they were given no information on when they could actually reopen. This is a big problem. There's no information being given to anybody. It's just we have now got to a point, and I, I sense it myself, I'm not hearing the objectors anymore We've got to a point where we have accepted this as being okay 
and every little extra law they bring in, we don't notice it anymore because it's part of something bigger. And we should be watching. It's You have a duty and a responsibility as a citizen to make sure that your democratic right is upheld, to make sure the people you voted for democratically, wherever you live in this country, are representing you and your feelings. And I don't believe for one minute there's a person in this country, I find it hard to believe, there's a person in this country who continues to support the restrictions we currently have. I'm not saying public health absolutely protect the vulnerable, absolutely make sure we get the vaccine to those who actually want it and need it, absolutely do all those things and use common sense and be responsible. But I find it difficult to understand that people continue to support the idea of closing in an economy completely. And for how long more? People are exhausted. They're exhausted. Maybe you're not and maybe you do support it because according to the government, they do support it. Stephen Donnelly said that he believes the majority of people in Ireland support the government to continuing on with this lockdown as it is at the moment until we get to a point where we believe, um, you know, we can lift these restrictions. Yet I put up a Twitter poll yesterday. 6,000 people nearly voted on it. And that Twitter poll, it's not what it says. That Twitter poll says something completely different. That Twitter poll says the majority of people, and I'm going to give you the exact percentage because I don't want to lie to you, and uh, the exact percentage, 88% of people said, end this now. 7% said, yes, I support the government and the current strategy. And 5% said they weren't sure. That's out of nearly 6,000 people. Now, I know that's not scientific because that's Twitter. But in saying that, it gives us an indication that I don't buy into the government's polls. I just don't buy them. I don't believe the majority of people in this country continue to support what we're doing right now. There's other ways of doing things. Let me know what you think. I want to know what you think. Do you agree with continuing this on until we get to some cautious point? I heard Stephen Donnelly even mention that outdoor gigs and events like that probably won't happen until next year. You won't be going on holidays this year, that's for sure. You won't be leaving the country. He said people support the mandatory quarantining, if not even stricter quarantining at Dublin Airport. Do you support it? I don't. I think we have to get back to some level of normality and start living our lives again whilst protecting those who are vulnerable. But maybe you disagree with me and I'd like to hear why. So please tell me, come on the air and tell me why you disagree with me. Let me know. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Let me go to Tina. Tina, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Tina? Not too bad, Niall. How are you? Okay, so the question today is, do you still support the strategy by our current government uh, in relation to hand- the handling of COVID-19? No, absolutely not. Um, what they're doing to society is absolutely criminal. It's absolutely criminal. They are they are absolutely decimating all the small businesses across the across the land, and people seem to don't they don't realise that we're the ones that are going to be paying this back. We're the ones that the, the tax hikes are going to come knocking on our door. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're doing is absolutely criminal. The majority of people do not support the lockdowns. Any of the polls um, that that the government are coming out with, it, it, they're obviously you know being made up. Because well, well, no, see, here's, here's the thing, and here's the problem, Tina, for people like you, right? And I don't know what your personal circumstances are now, whether you're out of work, in work. Are you out of work? Or? No, I'm not out of work. Okay. I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones, but okay. I have been there. Okay, and well, I know and, and that's, like. but this is the problem, that those who are out of work are usually um, low-pay jobs, hospitality, bars, in restaurants, all that kind of uh, retail, the lower-paid jobs, right? The majority of people in higher-paid jobs are actually still working. Yeah. Uh, because they're working from home or they're working for the government, which makes up the majority. And then you have um, pensioners who are on a pension either way. 
their lives well when I say their lives haven't been impacted of course their lives have been impacted their finances have been impacted um, the unemployed their finances haven't been impacted because they still get the same amount of money on the dole so realistically the only people really financially affected by this financially affected are those who are on a PUP payment currently at the moment and that's a small amount of the overall population and I think that's why we, we're not seeing you know I suppose this pushback against the government we're not, we're not seeing the pushback now because we're being threatened left, right and centre. That's why we're not seeing pushback. They have, they're, they're purposely trying to um, censor us on all social media. We're not allowed to gather. We're not allowed to protest. People are being arrested for, for going outside of their 5K. That's why they're not, we're not seeing any And what, what do you say to people, and I've obviously given you the alternate argument, that people say, well, you know, protesting or meeting up or that, that kind of, you know, obvious, you know, uh, I suppose public kind of pushback um, is irresponsible and dangerous in the middle of a pandemic. What do you say to those people? No, it's not. It's not at all. We can we can still go and air our grievance. Like, we have to be able to have a voice to speak out about what's going on. Otherwise, where, where does this end? Like, where is this going to end? NEFA just keep coming out with more and more rules and regulations, and then the minute things start looking up, oh, we have to be careful now again because the numbers are rising. Lock, we're in lockdown for 12 months now, or a little bit more. And this, on and the off, virus, yes, on and off, yeah. I mean, viruses are seasonal. Like, every scientific deal got the likes of Dolores Cahill, you've got the likes of all of them. These are all qualified, highly qualified people. I'm not doubting that for a minute. There are highly qualified people. There's a lot of other scientists out there, you're right, who disagree with Neffet and disagree with Philip Nolan and, and Killian de Gaskin and the other people in Neffet who are making decisions. But equally, Killian de Gaskin and Philip Nolan and uh, Tony Holohan and, and everybody else would tell you that we disagree with those Scientists. So we're basing our opinions and, and our public policy on the scientists that we have in Neffet. So, OK, so the answer to that would be then to change the people in Neffet. Well, I've said it all along. They should be changed on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no um, opposing voice to Neffet at all. They're all singing from the one hymn sheet. All of them. OK. Um, and they're not allowed. Nobody who, like Michael McNamara is the only one up in that doll that is asking any questions and I really well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, he, he's not the only one you've got Maddie McGrath you've got Pat Tobin you've got there's a few others that have been dissenting voices but they've been quietened very yeah quickly. but dissenting voices are, are very few in fact. oh what they're losing Tina are you still there Tina Oh, I've just lost her line. Okay, keep texting. Keep what's happening. The number's 87 Somebody out there is thinking, they're censoring the callers. Dwayne, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Dwayne? I'm not too bad. How are you? Dwayne, I mean, the argument is that if we suddenly lift it, well, the government's argument is if you suddenly lift everything now and lift all the restrictions and, and let everybody go about their business whilst protecting the vulnerable, that the case numbers will go up and, you know, and people could die and our hospitals will be overwhelmed. Now, in all fairness, we've been hearing this now since nearly the start. At the very beginning, I was very worried because between underlying conditions, whatever else, I thought about 75% of my family would die. We were told that if we didn't have the lockdown, up to 120,000 people in Ireland would die of COVID-19. I remember remember that. Actually, the the quote was that something, oh yeah, it would be similar to the Spanish flu and the Irish Civil War put together. That was the quote, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, didn't happen. That never happened. No, it didn't. But what we found instead, and the numbers have been released, you know, where all these infections and everything have been, they've been in nursing homes where family members are not allowed to visit loved ones. Well, that, cha- well, that changes from this week now. You do know that, yeah. I, I do know yeah. that, yeah. You're allowed... You're allowed two visitors visit per, yeah, for, for, for unlimited time. 
Yeah, for a certain uh, compassionate grounds, whatever that meant. But well, I, well, I think, to be honest with you, I think everybody will get in on those compassionate grounds. I would like to think so. Yeah, but look at the nursing home down in Cork where there was 15 uh, deaths through COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. This, staff in the HSC are tested, what, every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does COVID break out in the hospital, you know, which so much testing and whatever else and it's not like family members were there they were not no but you can you can understand how it happened because if a nurse who's a carer goes into and she gets tested and she tested negative she goes to work mm-hmm. and the following night she's out with a few pals or she's you know maybe during the Christmas there she went doing a bit of shopping or she's at Tesco's and she picks it up and goes back into work on Monday morning that's how it happens you can't stop it it's impossible now, you, the, uh, only, the only way I did I suggest before, and I think I don't know why Stephen Dunning hasn't done it yet, is to have antigen testing for all staff going in every morning. That would, that would help. Like, they've completely ignored the whole idea of uh, rapid testing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is baffling. But like I was listening to Padre Tobin questioning Leo Varadkar as to why there was a slow rollout of the vaccines and whatever else. Now, for some reason, Leo Varadkar decided to talk about Israel and Sweden and everything else except for what Padre Tobin was asking, you know. Mm-hmm. And I understand through t- uh, constraints and whatever else that uh, opposition only gets so long to ask the, uh, any of the leaders' questions. Yeah. What has been, in my opinion, it has been an absolute farce from start to finish. I know, say, like with hairdressers and nail bars and whatever else, uh, men and women go to they're very clean especially like with the nail bars that you do have people that are allergic to certain products so um, yeah well, we, we, well if we look back at, if we look back at the data uh, you know and mm. this is before Christmas when they did open up for a short period of time and, and during the summer last year the end of the summer June July last mm. year and we look back at the data we can clearly see that there was hardly any outbreaks in pubs hotels uh, restaurants bars um, in nail bars hairdressers mm. there was very, the, the most amount of outbreaks and cases happened in the home in resin, residential care homes and in hospitals yeah. that's, yeah. that's really where the most, that would be the most contagious places so to speak the family home being the most contagious probably because it's mm. where we congregate for long periods of time uh, yeah yeah, I, 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 aside from locking us all in our rooms, there's not a lot they could do about that, really. You know what I mean? Mind you, that, that might be that was the next step. I don't know. But sorry, sorry, you want to say something, Tina? You're back there. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to say, like, if the elderly and the vulnerable are vaccinated and these places where the outbreak... Well, they're not occur, vaccinated yet. This is the problem. Well, the, yeah, well, how, how many are they? How many percentage-wise are vaccinated right now? Well, as of March the 8th, because the figures only come out every couple of days, 536,000 first doses and 382,000 people have received a first, what was it, a first, oh yeah, altogether 382,000 have received a first dose, 154,000 have received a second dose. And would that which be is, by the way, which is the which majority is, of them? No, I, I don't. Cohort? I, I think so. 167,000 in nursing homes and long-term care facilities, 268,000 uh, frontline care workers and 100,000 to over 70s, which I am assuming is in that 167 as well. So not really. I don't think they've got around everybody over the age of 65 because I asked Ruth earlier on how many people in this country is over 70. Now, according to CSO, they'll only give you the over 65s. And I think that figure was 400,000. So unless you have 300,000 people between 65 and 70, which I doubt, um, we ha- we're not cl- we're not close to it yet. No, not really. I don't think. 
Well, look, the whole reason why the vaccine is, is in my opinion, been brought in is to um, reduce the numbers of admissions to hospitals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if if uh, and if that they're saying that it reduces the severity of the, the disease and therefore it reduces the number um, going into hospitals or needing hospital treatment. So if if that amount of people right now are vaccinated and even after one vaccination, one dose of it, they're saying that it's, um, I think it was 65 to 70 percent, uh, percent effective for reducing the numbers of hospitalisations. Why, why are they locking down the rest of the healthy society still over a year later? If, if that's where we are at this point in time. Because they're worried that if they do as you were saying, or that I have suggested in the past, which is to protect the vulnerable and let everybody else get on with their lives, yeah. that more people will get COVID-19, there will be more case numbers. They seem to base a lot on case numbers. And that also more people could end up in hospital. And our hospital system is a disaster and has been for the last 30 years. And it'll, be, it'll become overwhelmed too quickly. But like if if the like, like the testing is always going to be ramped up, right? So the more testing we do, the more case numbers. The more cases you're going to find, of course, yeah. So mm-hmm. like this is endemic. They're not going to get rid of the cases. The cases are going to always be there now. But like if they believe in the vaccine so much that it's this godsend, and they're well, they don't. Know, well, they, this is the problem. They're not saying it's a godsend because they're still saying even with the vaccine that you'll still you can still catch COVID nineteen. You can still be yeah. a case now. The data coming out seems to suggest uh, that maybe you don't catch it anymore. There is data to suggest now there's been a huge reduction in the amount of case numbers in places where they've had high numbers of vaccines. So that maybe that in itself might help. But I do get what you're saying. If we're going to keep testing people, you're going to keep finding people with it. And we're going to this keep dictating public policy. But there are people out there listening today, Tina and Dwayne, and I'll say to both mm. you, who will think you two are the most irresponsible people in the world. Um, how dare you suggest that we go back to the way we were, that I'm a, you know, a vulnerable person, I'm an older person, and you know, I don't want to die. Well, if that's the case, like, let, the, let the vulnerable people, if they feel safer in their homes, let them stay in, in their homes. But is that fair? But, is, I don't necessarily... Well, well, well hang on, sorry. Well, sorry. Keep us locked up. Yeah, sorry, Dwayne. What about the rest of us? I know, okay. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that comment. Now, I live in what could be... Um, Named as an agent uh, estate, you know, yeah, where the population yeah. are, are all over sixty years of age, and I'm looking at uh, uh, daughters and sons or grandkids coming in to visit, but they're wearing gloves and they're wearing masks. They're dropping off food supplies and medicines and whatever else to their family members. You know, they're all being very cautious. So this whole thing where people are saying how irresponsible it is to open up the Irish economy. Is ridiculous because they should start asking themselves questions. Then, and what, I going uh, well, okay, to well, what do we do? Sorry, I'm, I'm a bit stuck for time here. But what do we mm. do? Can I ask both of you? I'll ask you first, Wayne, since you're talking there. What do we do about, say, the people of avia- in aviation who are now pushing back as well and saying, "Look, what about our lives? What about our livelihoods? What about our industry? It's going down the toilet, and it's only getting worse because we're now only bringing in legislation to stop people coming into the country at mandatory quarantine, which will put t- t- there's nobody's going to come to Ireland as a tourist if they stay in a hotel for two weeks and not move. So, like Australia, for example, that's the way they're doing in Australia. I mean, mm. do you think that's is it a good idea to have quarantining at Dublin Airport where people have to stay in a hotel? High-risk countries, like, at the start, um, last August I was over with my father for about a week or so in the Netherlands. 
And the area I was in, there was 14 cases in a 14-day period for a population of 4 million people. And the Netherlands was orange at the time. But their hotspots were all the ports of entry, if, if you understand where yep. I'm going with this. So if we have, say, like um, the US, Brazil, or any other, uh, Austria, France now currently, that are super red zones, put out the notice saying, listen, we don't want you guys travelling here. Okay, and if you are going to come here, you're going to quarantine. But if you're coming from a green zone or an orange zone, the Gathens or Greece or somewhere like that, yeah, yeah, they, the holiday, des- alone. the holiday destinations, yes, exactly. So you'd know then that you know uh, you'd feel a bit more comf- uh, confident. Okay, well then, well, then, well then, finally, both of you. Just oh, sorry, and I'll ask mm. you a different question, Tina, because I don't have much time. Tina, do you agree with passports? Do you agree with the idea that you that uh, you know, they're calling it the vaccine bonus. In other words, the bonus being that you can live your life if you have a vaccine. That no. going forward, if you have a, va- a vaccination, then you can enjoy life. You no, know, go to pubs, restaurants, bars, go on holidays. What about the people who can't get the vaccine for medical reasons? What about the people who have a genetic predisposition to getting vaccine damaged or uh, developing another autoimmune disease? What about all those cohorts people? Why are they not allowed to get on a plane anymore because of what? to protect everybody else. But see, some the airlines have already said they're going to be doing this. Qantas have already stated quite emphatically that they're going to be doing this, that you'll have well, to have a vaccine that, passport. But that's discrimination. Some people cannot take vaccines. It's a simple fact. All right, well, look, well, well, hang on. Thank you, both of you. I have to go to a break. Uh, the number is 087 I agree. Some people cannot take a vaccine. You're absolutely right. And maybe they could get a medical certificate for a doctor from a doctor to say that. But there are others, I suppose, you could argue are just refusing it because they want to. And that's another argument too, a whole other argument for another day. But the question I'm asking you is, there's no doubt it's been a difficult task for the government. I'm not going to say it was easy. There's no right thing to do. You're in uncharted territory. I know that's a bit cliche and we've heard it all over and over again. Um, We have problems in this country when it comes to our health service. And yes, you have to protect the health service. But at this point now, where Ireland has the longest lockdown with no real sign of it opening, or no real dates. I mean, they're giving us kind of varying opinions depending on who you happen to be listening on any particular day on a radio station of getting back to a level of normality again, or normalcy, as they call it in America. That's what Joe Biden turned around and said. Joe Biden uh, said he would hope to have uh, the, the majority of the adult population, those who need to be vaccinated, by July the 4th, Independence Day. So he wants America back to normalcy, as the word he used, by July the 4th. I don't think we're anywhere going to be close to that. I can't see. Ashling looked up the vaccine calculator there. She's not going to be vaccinated till the end of next year sometime. You know what I mean? We're slow. Really, really slow. Our vaccine, we're going to be talking about our vaccines later on and how slow it is. We're not doing well at all. For a small population, we're not doing well. The rest of the world are way, probably way ahead of us at this stage. Why? Bad management? I don't know. We just can't seem to get the vaccines. Hi, Noel. I feel that everybody was very compliant at the start. Everything was going well. Everyone was doing what they were asked. Then all of a sudden, after all the sacrifices we made, we turn on the news and we see in Golfgate. Yes, Golfgate. Remember that? Where the president of the High Court was at a big dinner with a load of members of the Eroctus. That was a two fingers up to the whole of Ireland. That's what they did. And they told us all then to go and do what we like, just the way they, they did. Love the show, Noel. Keep it going. Dermot's here. Sorry about that, Dermot. Don't know what happened there, by the way. You were talking, referring to Seamus Wolf, of course, all right. Um, <laughs> the judge. Uh, all right, let me go to Graeme. Graeme, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Graeme? 
Not too bad now. How are you getting on? Good, Graeme. You know, I mean, look, everybody was in, you know, we were all in it together last year. And actually, he mentioned yeah. there, Golfgate. We golf, were told we were all in it together. Yeah, well, Golfgate was a bit of a turning point, I'll be honest with you, I think for compliance. But, but I, when I hear, you know, Simon Donnelly saying, well, we're hoping uh, next month that uh, two people can meet outdoors. I'm going, you need to get up with the game here, pal. I don't see people around worrying about two people meeting out, outdoors at the moment. That's not a gift to us because it's already happening anyway. Compliance is not what the government seems to think it is at the moment. Are we at a point now where we should be doing more to get back to some level of, let me use the American word now because I like it, normalcy. I didn't even, by the way, you're the school teacher, Graham. Is that actually a word? Uh, normalcy. I, oh, ah, I haven't taught proper subjects in years now. Oh, yeah. Joe Biden used the essay anyway, so it must Normality. be. Normality. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be what they I know. I, like, I just like the word normalcy. But go on. Anyway, Graeme, is it time to just, you know, let it all, you know, protect the vulnerable, protect those who are immune, compromised, and let the rest of the country just get on with it? No, because the majority of the experts say not to. Now, that doesn't mean our government haven't screwed up left, right and centre, consistently lied and basically done everything they can to ensure a Sinn Féin majority the next time we go anywhere near the poll. Oh, I know. I'm not um, looking forward I to have, the next election. Yeah, I, I am no fan in any way, to be very clear, of government's actions or in any regard. Um, but like earlier, when you, yourself using uh, your Twitter poll as representative of... Uh, I did say that. It's not, it's not scientific. And you were implying it by the way you put it on the show. That come on. What? In fairness, what? You it's not know, scientific. I said it's not don't scientific. With your followers on Twitter. Well, well hang on. And I, we were seven asking, we're talking about my Twitter poll earlier on. So let's say <laughs> there were, were 6,000 responses. 2,000 of those people would be some followers of mine, nutcases. And I'm absolutely in agreement with you, right? Yeah. But we can't, you put up a poll yeah, but, about how many thought Bill Gates invented it and it's something <laughs> to do with microchips in our brain. I might just do that for the crack over the weekend oh, and see what happens, yeah. yeah. But Graeme, I accept that there are nutcases on Twitter, but you can't write off all 6,000 as nutcase. It's a sample. It's only a sample. No more than if we, if we listen to the polls that are being done by the other organisations in this country that are constantly trusted to do polls. You know, you don't know who they're polling. Yes, but those polls, those polls aren't entirely accurate. Are they? Would no. they be broadly speaking okay, more but do representative you, do you than the one you majority people, they are. Do you think the majority of people currently, at this time now, support you know continued lockdown? Do you think the majority okay, people support it? Depends what you mean by support. Do they want it? Of course not. Nobody wants it. No one ever wanted it. No one's ever going to want it. I mean, it sucks. Like you're not going to say to support it. Would I think the majority of people think, broadly speaking? that most of the uh, measures in place are necessary because that's what experts are saying is, while at the same time also thinking our government are making a complete ball of their to get us out of it as soon as possible. Yeah, those two things at the same time. Well, yeah. they, you know, I mean, the vaccine rollout in itself is a second joke. I'm sitting inside my office inside my school at the moment. There are lies and jo- complete bullshit in relation to that that have come from uh, both ministers and, pl- and the department. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't think schools should be open. They should be. And I'm happy they're there. Yeah. Um, and all the kids. Oh, by the way, when are they all back at school? Just after Easter break. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got um, six. Now, obviously, I work in um, special classes, so I have uh, a few more students than out beyond yeah. just six years. Um, but our fifth years are back on Monday, and then we'd expect the rest of the majority, and we'd expect the rest after Easter, hopefully. Assuming, again, nothing. Assuming we're not told otherwise between now and then. And there's no but reason, and there's no reason now why that shouldn't happen. And there's a lot of people well, saying, unless numbers go the wrong way. Which, but, but see, we, here we go with numbers, right? I mean, the, the government have already clearly stated that these vaccine companies, um, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, whatever, AstraZeneca is the one that's screwing up. Lately, my, my, well, it is, and, and then the latest news now is in relation to over seventies and blood clots, and, and and some people are saying there's no connection. Others are saying maybe we should be looking at it. Okay, yeah, but anyway, that's, 
I hope they're saying there's no higher risk, but you know, yeah. than if you weren't taking it. Yeah, yeah I, I see the problem with vaccines. It's very hard to tell. There was a sad story there of a woman who died in America. She's 36 years of age. I'm sure you've seen it on the internet. Many people are talking about it. Now she got the vaccine. She got the second dose. It was Moderna, I think. And unfortunately, the woman died. Or her body went into anaphylactic shock, and she died uh, 72 hours later in ICU. And a very healthy young woman, no underlying conditions, no nothing. And they they won't put it down to the vaccine because they can only correlate that. They can't say it was the vaccine because that could yeah, have happened to a perfectly healthy person anyway. It's com- they can't say it was, they but, can say it was commonality as opposed to But the doctors are saying that most likely it was. Now, uh, that, yeah. and I think it's It seems really, a bit much of a coincidence. Yeah, but, but I think it's really important that we say something, that this is the biggest vaccine program the world has ever seen. Um, it would be unlikely that somebody in the world is not going to die. So do you understand what I'm saying? It, those yes. kind of things, when you have mass population, you know... It's I, not a reason not to take a oh, vaccine. Absolutely. If you not. get 100 million people and just have them stand around for a day, someone's, someone's going to die. Someone's going to die. Absolutely. It's so, just going to happen. Yeah, or people with brown shoes will die. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. It's, it's just yeah. correct. Okay, but, but getting back to... I, I've lost my train of thought there. Getting back to what the government are doing at the moment, I mean... We could easily now, they're, they're saying to us now that, you know, the majority of people in care home facilities, they would be most at risk. That's, that's half the people who died in this country, if not a little bit more. Uh, the majority yeah. of people over the age of, say, 70, a lot of those now have got the first dose, which means they're 75% protected. Well, my parents aren't. They haven't. Oh, OK. Well, well some people have with the first dose, yeah. right? OK. Um, last week they gave out 87,000, which is dismal because they were meant to be ramping it up three weeks ago when we were nearly at 100,000. Yeah, so have they hit their figure any is, week yet? Uh, sorry? They keep announcing, oh, this week we're going to vaccinate oh, many people. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've managed it once, have they? No, they haven't. They've, no, they ha- the they haven't the, they've never hit the target. We're nowhere yeah. close to the targets, right? And it's always being blamed on the fact that we can't get supply. They said they will give out within five days, 95% of the supply they've got is in people's arms. So, in other words, they are giving out what they can, but they're not getting they them. They don't, don't have it. They don't procure yeah, them up, properly. Okay, so but the, the point is... Well, okay, the point is, this can go, this can go on a long time. We, we cannot continue to close the economy for another six months while Stephen the Donnelly... Isn't closed. Well, it's limited, but it's not closed. Uh, you no, know, I, Tes- I, I, I came out of Tesco half an hour ago. It's not closed. Okay, those kind of retailers, necessary retailers, are doing well out of this, right? But, but in saying that, the, the, ma- way, the majority of the economy is closed. Uh, I don't know. I, an awful lot of it is, yes. So we can't continue to do that while Stephen and Leo and everybody else gets their act together. Sure we can't? If the alternative is, look, them being efficient and good at their job isn't going to happen. I mean, they'll, get, they'll bumble their way to, towards it eventually and hopefully get elected out of office and chucked out in the rear. Um, unlikely. In the majority of their case, most will keep their seats. But if the alternative is, well, okay, they're, they're inept so we have to open up and more people will die. No. Okay, well, do me a favor. Just stay there. I want to bring John in quickly before the break as well. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Hey, Niall. How's it going? Um, John, have you got faith in the government right now at this per- present moment of time? Well, let me put it this way to you. I want this lockdown to end. However, I know before Christmas they, they opened up again. Look what happened. Within, within a well, month... Well, they've, they've now reassessed that. I don't know whether you read the, I, I the Irish Times last week, I, I think the article that the case numbers had already started to rise before that lockdown actually lifted. Now, don't get well, me wrong, me, well, me and me ma and everybody else sitting uh, around the dinner table at Christmas probably didn't help. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, does anyone in the right mind think that the government wants this lockdown to keep going? They absolutely don't. It's not their fault. We should be blaming the people who are not, breaking, who are not abiding the rules. There was a funeral down the country the other day, 300 people show up. 
There are loads and loads of building sites around the company, o- country opening and nobody's stopping. There, there's sites all over the place that are open. You know, um, but people, you know, but there, are, but there's an argument that people, you know, that business, some business, like some construction, some things like that, have to just get on with it. And that human nature being what it is, that you're, you're never... I remember the very start of this, I listened to some expert going back, oh, it was last March, you know, when, when this all started. And he said, when it comes to lockdowns and restrictions, you're never going to get 100% compliance. But if you can get 80%, you're doing well. One of the biggest problems we have in this country is that, uh, you, you know, I've heard you comparing it to other countries and that sort of thing. Other countries obey the rules. We don't. So if you have a, a funeral down the country and 300 people turn up, where's the enforcement? What's happening? Well, there was enforcement. What well, there was, well, there was enforcement yesterday. There was 80 people fined at a tra- was 80 people at a traveller wedding yesterday were fined. Well, I, I don't care whether it's a traveller or anybody else's. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a funeral. With a funeral, funeral, funeral shall I say. Sorry, not a wedding. You, you know, there's 300 people. And, I, you know, in other countries, that just wouldn't happen. It's happening in Ireland. I know some hotels in Dublin at the moment are serving people behind closed doors. I know that's happening. And nobody's doing anything about it. So, so really, uh, so we need to, when we see the numbers not coming down from five, six hundred, it's not the government we need to blame. It's the people who are breaking the rules, blatantly breaking the rules. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, no. I don't know. And the problem is everybody else suffers. But, but here's the point. Yeah, the government you, broke the rules too. They, they did. And, and, the and, and by the way, government politicians constantly break the rules because I've seen exactly, them. Yeah. I've seen oh, them, John. I mean, nobody is perfect. I've seen them not social distancing. I saw Leo in his car without his mask with his driver. You know, everybody is watching everybody. We're all doing a little bit of curtain, twi- curtain twitching at the moment. But the point is, John, you're never going to get 100% compliance. So does that mean that we stay like this forever? Absolutely not. But we're not looking. We're not. We're never going to get a hundred. So what, what do you do? That. Do you jail people then? I mean, we, we, well, I mean, what, I what more can we do to get people to comply? I, I think we can. In other words, a funeral like that happened. People coming in from the airport. You know, why don't they get fined coming in? It's very easy. Put a couple of guards of passport control. Do me a favour, John, will you stay there? Because I have to go to break, but I'll come straight back to you after the break, okay? Stay there for a second. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. John believes we're not taking it seriously enough, and if we did, we might have been out of this a little bit quicker. Do you agree with him? All right, uh, just to mention, by the way, it's a caller who believes that I'm encouraging people not to follow the guidelines. I'm certainly not. I'm, I'm saying you should follow the guidelines. I'm just saying that the majority of people, I believe, at the moment, currently, are not following the guidelines. And I do agree with what John is saying in relation to that. People are not following the guidelines. But I think the point is, John that I think people have become exhausted with the guidelines. I accept that now, but let me take a step backwards. My own son is a doctor in a big Dublin hospital, okay? And last uh, March, April, what people didn't realise was last March, April, the, the corridors of the, of the hospitals were being lined with coffins. And that actually happened. People don't realise it. Now, I think we did a lot more, and he thinks we did a lot more than the 8,000 per day that we had this year because they just weren't being reported and they weren't being diagnosed. But nevertheless, we were heading, heading to that in December again. We were heading to the, 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 the corridor. Well, 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 hang on, hang on. No, no, that's, a, that's a big statement, John. And if we want well, to look statistically at that statement, right? In April and May last year, we had a higher number of deaths than we had in 2019. But in other months, we had lower numbers of debts. Altogether, the excess debt rate wasn't, there wasn't too much of a difference in the two years, 2019, 2020. I don't think anybody can do that now. Okay, okay. But the point I want to make to you is, the majority of people who died in those two months, the vast majority, and this is statistically true, died in nursing homes. They weren't in hospitals. They were in hospitals. There were some people. Some people died in hospitals. But hang hang on, the majority, John, factually correct, the majority of people who died in those two months died in care homes. So what were they they queuing coffins up in hospitals for? Because people were dying in ICU and hospitals. I, I, I did see 
you know, I did see videos on CNN in an American hospital, for example, and I'm not saying it was never a minute. That happened in Ireland. That happened well, in I, Ireland. I didn't see, that. I didn't see those well, pictures. Look, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't know that that happened. It did happen. Okay, good. And, 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 and I'm telling you that because my own son is a, is a doctor. He worked with them. He worked in the COVID wards. And he told me how bad it was. It was dreadful. And it, and I, am not, I, I am not, by the way, I am not, absolutely not, demeaning the jobs of the doctors and nurses in the front line who've done a wonderful job throughout this whole thing. I, I'm running out of time. Hang on, I want to go to Vladimir. Stay there, John. Vladimir, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Vladimir? Hi, now. Uh, uh, well, maybe you can explain to John as well. You've, you're in retail. Yeah, yeah. I, I have two shops in city centre, like uh, antique shops. And we've been uh, closed. During the last year, maybe seven months, we have been closed. Yeah. And the last two and a half months as well. And it's been, uh, it's so frustrating. Every time they say, oh, you wait, uh, there's a four weeks uh, lockdown. And then like four weeks. And I knew from uh, straight away when they said in the end of December, four weeks, I knew that it would be at least till the end of the March. Why, Why wouldn't they say that straight away? Why are they playing these games with people? Four weeks or another four weeks. And then there's another two weeks, you know. Just say it like it is, you know, say three months, four months. Okay, they can't do that. You know, playing these games. Sorry? They can't do that. They cannot do that because because they don't know from one month to the next how bad it's going to be. If people obey the rules. straight away. I knew that in the end of December, even looking at the last year, I knew that it will be not four weeks. That four weeks is nothing. When you have numbers, what we. And this joke, like they. We had numbers in December, 200, 400, 600 every week. And then suddenly there's 8,000. What happened during like one week? What happened? Say 8,000. What? Why, why we were wearing masks all that time? So, uh, you know, we were protecting... Well, I, 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 think, I, think the, I, I think the scientists of the world will agree that the reason the case numbers in every country in the world, by the way, uh, you know, the same time zones and the same hemisphere as us, went up at the same time was because, like all viruses, COVID-19 is seasonal. Yeah, but they, well, this actually, was no, a very dramatic jump. Oh, okay, this was like from 800 right. to like 6,000. Of course, you're, of course you're going to say that's not true, John. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Sorry, can I explain what I said? I don't, I, I, it, it, you're right in one respect, it's seasonal, but the other respect is in the winter, we spend more time indoors. Absolutely. And that's generally the reason that viruses are seasonal, because we do spend more time indoors in the winter. That's why they're seasonal. Well, they get worse. They get it's, worse it's not that COVID enjoyed, COVID nineteen enjoys the winter months or anything like <laughs> no, of viruses. No. It is because of our it's because of our lifestyles and the way we we behave in different seasons. During the summertime, very few countries get high rates or high numbers of any types of viruses during the summer because we all spend more time outdoors. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show. Classic hit.